Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are talking about social skills. We're talking about raising children in an anti-social world. I don't know if you've noticed, Paige, but there are a lot of people who are struggling with social right now. There's a lot of social anxiety is on the rise. Yeah, it's everywhere, isn't it? And we've got children who are not knowing how to socially interact with other people. We've got parents going, I don't even know how to train my child socially. What should I do? Well, that's what we're (laughs) going to be talking about in this podcast. So it's going to be fantastic. But before we do, as is tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we are going to talk about a fun family activity. Paige, I know you've got something out of your archives from your childhood today that's a little kooky, but it's like also kind of cool. Yeah, no. So we did lots of things, you know, when we were younger that were super experimental and fun, but this one is super simple, but it was really fun and entertaining. So what we did is we did what we called rubber band art. So this is where we took literally a block of wood and we pounded a bunch of nails into it. Usually Um, like in a square shape or a triangle, like usually you made a shape. Yeah, for sure. Um, But you put it in, you know, in nice rows. So you've got a nice grid, um, you know, full board of nails. And then we took rubber bands of different colors and different sizes. And we would loop them through the nails in all different shapes. And we would make different creations with the rubber bands in the board. And seriously, you guys did this for hours. Okay, so number one, it takes a while just to learn how to pound a nail. Right? Oh yeah, and that's part of the fun. Give a child a hammer and a nail with some supervision, call good. Yeah, well, it is. It's like, this is how you pound a nail into the board. And you know what that is? Dun, 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 dun. Adult skill. Adult <laughs> skill. So important. I mean, honestly, do you know how many people? Well, that's part of being social. Do that's, Well, that's true. Adult <laughs> skills are part of being social. We're going to definitely talk about those social skills today. But there's just so many little things that people don't know how to do. You know, how to change a change a a tire or hammer nails or whatever. And these are things that actually build confidence in people. And when we build confidence in one area, other areas develop confidence too. And yes, perfect segue into social skills. So we're going to talk (laughs) about social skills today, and we're going to talk about them through the lens of self-government. So Paige, what is self-government? Self-government by our definition is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Yes. So what that means is that each person is empowered. Each Mm -hmm. person gets that feeling like I can control myself. I can make a plan for myself. I can get better at whatever problem I've got. And so there are parents and children all over the planet, whether they even know me or not, that are hopefully on this pathway to self-government where they see, where do I want to go? How am I going to get there? I'm going to make a plan. Oh, how am I doing along the way? And once they learn about self-government, they even take those actions more deliberately. In fact, we have a YouTube channel. It's a teaching self-government YouTube channel. I do movies. Well, they're not movies, right? They're videos. (laughs) Anyway, I use those words interchangeably. Anyway, so 
I do videos on there and they come out all the time. Almost every single day, a new video is coming out on the Teaching Self-Government YouTube channel. And people ask questions and they make comments and stuff like that. And recently, a parent who was thinking about making changes in themselves and helping their children change and develop more of that self-government mindset asked a question. Paige, remember that question that was asked on there? How about you tell us the question? Yeah. So uh, you're telling me the question was, well, how do I teach my children social skills when I myself am an introverted, more antisocial person and parent? And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's that question that sparked this whole podcast today. Mm -hmm. We thought, let's do a whole podcast on it. That is a real issue that people are facing. Now, maybe you're like, well, but I am social, but my child is still antisocial. No worries. We're (laughs) going to give you a whole bunch today. Either way, whatever we tell you today is going to help with both situations. (laughs) Yes, because we're going to spend some time talking about social today. We're going to talk about you know, what to do if you're not social by chance and how to help with that situation. But we're also going to give you great lists of skills that you need to be teaching your children for good social training, as well as a list of traps, social traps. That was actually a a separate question that someone else asked, you know, can you give a list? (laughs) And we're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So we said, all right, we'll do it in one shot. Then we're going to do this great, uh, podcast about social. And I think Paige, we really ought to do another podcast. Maybe one of the next ones coming up on social anxiety. So yeah, social that's a anxiety, whole other, I guess you kind could of say can of worms, beast. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's its own beast. And it is definitely part of this social problem today. So we're mm-hmm. going to be laying a foundation for social today. And then we could layer on that by also addressing specifically social anxiety. Yeah. But let's just talk about social and not social and just understanding social and what it really means to, to be social. So there are three different ways that a person can learn social skills. That's it. There's three different ways. Now, maybe somebody learns all these different ways, but usually there's kind of a primary source for Mm -hmm. our social learning. And when a child is really young, that primary source for all of their social learning is mom and dad. Whatever mom says, they're going to say. Whatever dad says, they're going to say. Because usually when children are little, they spend a lot of time with mom and dad. Usually. Yeah. I mean, if they spend more time with the media, like maybe the, the parents have a tendency to plug the child into a device or to have or maybe the at the daycare or. Yeah. Well, then there's going to be other influences there that could end up being more of a primary influence, but usually because of the bond between parent and child, usually parents are that primary influence, especially at first, you know? And so, and I think most parents get that little experience and and Claire is really small. She's not talking yet. She's just going and going, (laughs) but one day she will actually talk and, but she's already, she's already doing like one or two skills that are very good in like creating good social skills, which I mean, we'll get to in a little bit, but she's already doing a couple of those things. Well, yeah. And actually you being social with her and talking to her as parents Mm -hmm. actually is good social training for her. If her life is too silent, it's harder for her to develop some of those. um, I guess the person asking the question would say those are extroverted skills versus introverted skills. But I've got to say, guess what? There are a ton of introverts that have fantastic social skills. And so we need to keep that in mind. Um, yeah, we actually have a couple really good uh, friends that, you know, they are anti what you consider as antisocial parents, but their children are very well socially groomed. 
Well, and the th- I wouldn't say they're antisocial. I would say they're introverted. So they're not yeah, the kind that true. are the life of the party. Okay. That, you know, the extrovert is like, blah, look at me. <laughs> I say, and that's, even, that's me. <laughs> and the thing is, is even the introvert can do that. If he, if the introverts with a group of people that he trusts, mm-hmm. he'll be like, blah, look at me. Even the introvert can do that. But, but usually the introvert kind of holds back a little bit, keeps coming some of their thoughts to themselves, doesn't put themselves out there quite as much. That doesn't mean they're antisocial necessarily because they may actually desire to have a social interaction. The difference between an introvert and an extrovert though, is that extroverts can fuel in social settings where introverts do not. So, so really um, introverts need a little bit of alone time to have that fueling. You know, that's how you know a person is an introvert. Do they go, Ooh, I need a little downtime then you know they're an introvert yeah even, even if socially they don't seem like it at all I mean um, they just need a little time to recharge yeah uh-huh exactly they just got to reset things and then get back into life so let's talk about these three ways to learn social so one of them is parents good source right hopefully the parents are social now we did mention that yeah. uh, sometimes the parents aren't social and then they wonder oh no what do I do you know um but so the parents is option number one Mm -hmm. And then option number two is, is same age peers. Okay. Like friends or, you know, these other people that might come into your life. Um, and option number three is the media. Yeah. And so, and these really are like the three main categories. There's a lot of different, um, options within those categories, but, um, it, it really does affect what the child does later on in life you know, by how much time they spend with each. Well, yeah. And this is why what you watch on TV is so important. What you will watch with a child is so important because you are saying as the, as the social trainer, you're saying that social that you're seeing on that show right there, where they're calling each other potty language, that's good social. That's acceptable. You're actually putting your stamp on it. If you watch it with a child, which is why I'm so picky actually Yeah. with all of the, I remember there were times we'd watch like rent a movie or something, we'd put it in and there were a few things that you didn't like. And you're like, okay, we're not finishing this movie. Well, because maybe it was full of attitude problem. There was one, one time and it was about like, it was, it, there was like zoo people. And it was like, I don't, I can't remember what it was called. Madagascar. They, maybe. Yeah. yeah it might've been, or something. It might've been that. And they left the zoo in New York or something. And yeah. they went <laughs> Okay. I was like, that's it. I'm done. It was like three strikes. You're out. The whole thing was just full of attitude problem. And I was like, you know what? My children are still too young. I'm not going to be feeding them attitude problem and then wonder why they're lipping off to me. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to socially train them and I'm going to show them this type of attitude. What these people are doing right now is not acceptable. Yeah. Well, I know some people, they don't even, um, introduce media per se until their child is like two years old you know, mm-hmm. the TV doesn't go on and they spend quality time and quantity time with their children, you know, doing fun things together, um, you know, making rubber band art, you know, <laughs> maybe not at age two, but yeah, no, but like finger painting and reading stories, you know, stuff like that. And so yeah. there's, and then they introduce media stuff, you know, later on. Very and later. You know, I'm like, Hmm, that's an interesting technique. It's a great technique. In fact, most of you, ch- you children were not raised with hardly any media when you were little. Mm-hmm. We just didn't see that it was necessary. So this also shows you what kind of role the in- influences in your child's life could play. So same age peers, 
sometimes we don't want to seem like we're standoffish to neighbors or other people. And so we just kind of nonchalantly let our child play with absolutely anybody. And I know for some people, this could really make their skin crawl. But if you play with a child, if your child plays with a child on a regular basis, especially a lot, like say in a daycare or in a little play school or something, and, and that child has really bad social skills, your child is going to pick up on those really bad social skills. Because that's what, where they're learning how to, you know, interact with other people. Yeah, exactly. So one thing I think that's really important to point out, um, you know, as we talk about these three different ways is, you know, the main uh, source should be our family, should be parents, because Mm -hmm. that is where our core is. And so when we talk about these two other sources, I mean, they're not necessarily bad as long as they are regulated and monitored. And so really the person who is the best at social, the person who knows the child the most, who knows what it means to be a mature adult, which is the parent, Mm -hmm. is the one that needs to make sure that they filter those other things. So yeah, well, and their role already is the role of teacher. And so mm-hmm. who better, you know, to teach those social skills. And then once those social skills are taught, then they can move on to friends because friends are for practicing the social skills that have been taught in the home. Yeah. So see, I think a lot of parents misunderstand that they think, Oh, my child needs to be social. I need to find more friends, more, more, more friends. Mm-hmm. And probably the mother or whoever it was that asked this question, um, was probably thinking, I don't even have a lot of friends. I don't even make <laughs> friends with people. I don't even know how to make friends. And so how am I going to help my child make friends? But good social does not actually require friends. I don't know if you've ever read the little house on the prairie series by Laura Ingalls Wilder, but that family had incredible social training experiences. Mm-hmm. They talked about they were by themselves most of the time. Yeah, for years and years and years, they were by themselves in the woods and then by themselves in the prairie. And they just very rarely saw other people until finally the town built up around them. They started meeting other people. But honestly, their social training was impeccable because those parents, they they deliberately did that. And then whenever they saw other people in their communities or in areas around about, they knew how to behave and the parents made sure that they practice with those people properly. So you're right. The friends are for practicing, which means that the friends cannot be the main focus of the social Mm -hmm. training. The family time has to be the main focus. And then having supplemental other times with friends in order to do those practices. And a wise parent watches the friend time and turns the things that they see into lessons to help their children better succeed socially. You did that a lot. You, You made sure that you were there. In fact, you encouraged us to have friend time, but to have that friend time at our house where you could be present and where you could watch and where you could help us analyze what was where going could, on. Yeah. Where I could hear things, you know, that were happening. So sometimes a child might say something to you and I'd be like, Oh, Whoa, that is actually, I don't know if my, my child's going to process that properly. I don't know yeah. if they'll know, <laughs> you know? And so occasionally I would say something right out to, to the situation. Oh, well, that's a very interesting thing. This, this is, here's a truth you need to know with that. Mm-hmm. And then that friend or whoever would be like, Oh, cause no one ever told him. Right. Right. And so I would just interject it so that we didn't take a, a conversation down a wrong path. And then, um, and then there were other, other times too, where, because of the social training we had done in our family, you knew where there were problems. I remember one time you were playing with a friend and you came out of your bedroom 
and said, hey, mom, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah. And you said, this friend just talked to me. And, and she was in first grade. And you said, and she, she told me that somebody um, just asked her if someone said he, that he likes her and it's her, like her boyfriend. And he asked her if he could have sex with her mom. And I know that is wrong. And I need to tell yeah. you, and what do we do? You know? And I was like floored that, that first graders were being propositioned for this, but I was so happy that you came and told me, of course I had to make a horrible call to a mother, yeah. drop <laughs> a like, major bomb. but I was really glad that you knew to come tell me stuff. You weren't going to mm-hmm. keep secrets from me because I was your one you wanted to check with because yeah. we did that social training. And, well, and, and so we had so many conversations where, you know, we became very, I guess you could say well-versed just together, you know, analyzing things and talking about things. So um, I remember there was a time uh, there was a friend of mine who sent me an email one time. Cause I mean, I didn't have a phone, you know, so <laughs> I, had, I had my friend's emails, but exactly. <laughs> and I only got an email when I started doing online school stuff. Like so. once in a while <laughs> after about age 14. Yeah. Right. No, but I got an email from a friend and they told me they're like, Hey, I haven't told anyone, but you know, I'm having suicidal thoughts. Please don't tell anyone. And I'm like, um, but you're like, mom. <laughs> are you sure I need to talk to my mom? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I don't think you can, you know, necessarily tell their parents what's going on, but kind of give me advice of how I should help this person, you know, cause I was 14, 15. I'm like, what do I do? You know, I can't just carry this burden by myself. I've never done this before, but it would be socially wrong for you to carry it. It would be yeah. socially wrong. I'm like for- that's, this isn't my, you know, responsibility. However, they have, mm-hmm you know, trusted in me. And so I'm like, okay, what do I do in this situation? Mm-hmm. You know? And so I had to tell you, but I'm like, okay, just to, you know, tell me what I need to tell this person mm-hmm. so I can help them. Yeah. So we had a conversation, a pretty long one, I remember. Um, but you know, this is actually one of the, the things that is happening socially is people are expecting other people to, bail them out of their lives and hold on to their secrets and all of their different things. Not that we shouldn't ever keep a secret, but I'm just saying like, no, this, it's is okay heavy. To be a on, but. this is heavy, heavy social stuff. And I would actually call this anti-social. It's very, it's very not socially appropriate to bring in this, this drama stuff. And, and I'm not saying it wasn't real with this person. It was, and I'm glad that this person said something to you so that then we so could they had go someone about, to discuss it with. Yeah. And we could go about figuring out how to get, get them help. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. so I'm always happy when somebody says something like that, but I also feel like there is, um, you know, too much drama is actually a really bad it's a trap. It's a social oh, trap sure. and it can actually ruin some of the social. So let's talk just for a brief minute here about, you know, what if a parent doesn't know social skills, you know, what do we do about that? If you don't know social skills as a parent, or maybe you're not good at social, you might even consider yourself anti-social, like the person who asked the question on YouTube. Um, so what do you do? So Paige, you mentioned we've got friends. We have multiple friends, dear friends of ours, where the parents are actually very introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, 
still raised children who were really social. Now I'm not saying introverted is bad. Hopefully we made that very clear at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, but, but a lot of times people who are introverted will fall into the trap of not being social. Mm-hmm. And, and these friends decided I can't have that for my children. My children need to have some good social skills, some good social interactions with people. It's good for their upbringing. So I've yeah. got, well, to that in and them. of itself is like the very first step to having good social skills, because if you're thinking, oh man, like I don't have good social skills, which means my kids aren't going to have good social skills. That means you're already like halfway giving up making excuses. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't need to make excuses because life's a a journey. (laughs) That's true. It's a bad social skill, but (laughs) life's a journey. And, and we have to keep ourselves progressing forward. You know, don't beat Mm -hmm. yourself up. Don't settle for less than is possible. You know, we can all grow. We can all stretch. Um, there's a sign on my wall in my bedroom page, you know, it It says do hard things. Mm -hmm. And it's been there for the majority of your childhood because, well, it's because based off the book, Do Hard Things. And that is a wonderful book. It is. It's I say, if you're book, keeping a list of all the books we've ever listed on all of these podcasts. <laughs> put that one on it. Put it on yeah. the list. <laughs> Do Hard Things, um, a, a Teenage Rebellion Against Low Expectations. This is awesome and actually has some great social advice in there. In fact, in that book, they actually talked about how shyness is, is selfish mm-hmm. and how when a person is being shy, then they actually are trying to control a situation. They're trying to control all outcomes yeah, and they have to decide. But like, I know these parents that are good friends of ours, they're not shy. They're definitely more introverted, but they're not afraid to take responsibility in social situations. Step uh, out. Mm-hmm. Ask and people to, questions. Yeah. So they're definitely not shy. They're, they're just not ones to be the life of the party or the spotlight all the time. Yeah. I will say one of them blows my mind because she and her husband both they're both introverted pretty introverted but you know like I remember one time at a at a thing at a church they did this thing on stage and it was like you remember I talking about right and I was like blown away (laughs) it was like the best production and they do like a lip sync to a musical song yeah, actually they might. Yeah, they did a lip sync, but it was like so acted out and it was so, and I was like, <laughs> whoa, and it was so good anyway. And I thought, I thought, see, that's actually, they are reaching out and doing this. Their children are watching. Mm-hmm. Look what they are showing. They are showing mom and dad may not seem like they can do this, but they can. And I think and that's where we fun. really want to get to, you know, <laughs> mom and dad, have to change. So with these, this couple, mom and dad had to grow, had to step out of their comfort zone. And, you know, the more and more they've stepped out of their comfort zone, the more and more they're able to lead other people and impact other people. And just really just, just be out there as, as the people who, who other people look up to mm-hmm. and take action because of, which is amazing, but it is not in their hardwiring. Yeah. Well, and it's nice because both of them currently are actually like leaders in their church. You know, they, they lead different groups of the people in the congregation, mm-hmm. but you would not think no. that they don't just thrive on social. You wouldn't think it, but they really don't. So, so here's the thing. This is what they did. They said, okay, 
So who needs to teach the social? I think I do. I think the parents, the children are going to follow our example. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that means mom and dad have to step out of their comfort zones, do hard things, be more social than they normally would invite people over for dinner, talk to the people, have the people be, you know, part of their lives, Mm -hmm. even though it makes, they had an even extra challenge too, because didn't they homeschool for a while? They did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so their, their children were home all the time. And so they're like, okay, well, we got to make sure this happens. Well, they needed to show them what it looks like because, because see, like in our family, we homeschooled, but you saw your mom and dad are very extroverted. Oh yeah. So we're very like, Hey, I mean, I'm more ambiverted. I'm kind of all of it, but I, (laughs) but, but we're like, Hey, to people. And uh, well, let's talk about this. And I got to ask you something. I have no problem Mm -hmm. talking to a person. I don't sit and wait and wait. Well, if we got to say something, let's say it, you know? And that kind of thing, if anything, I've had to learn how to pull myself back a little, you know, cause you can overdo it. I mean, I'm just saying anyway. So, um, so then after they got themselves out there and, and pushing things forward, then what they did is they said, okay, well, then now we need to help our children step out of their comfort zone, right? So they've seen the example. They're going to continue to see the example, even if it hurts us. And now we're going to give them opportunities. So we're going to put them on stages. We're going to have them sing at rest homes. We're going to have them play instruments. We're going to have them do recitals. We're going to have them do different sporting things. We're going to show them they can fall down and they don't have to be perfect, you know, and we're going to, we're going to get them out there and get them going in this stuff. And it sometimes was really hard to interact with other people. Yeah. So, so their children, their children at, at first, especially did not want to talk in front of other people or whatever, you know, and then, and then it just changed. Like they really, not that they changed from being introverts. They're still introverts like their parents, but well, not they, all of them. Okay. Not all of them. That's true. I can think of like two or three that are not of the whole family. They have a, they have quite a large group mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but even so they continually keep stepping out like their parents do. They've learned the model. They've learned how to do it. And they've had experiences again and again. So this is the main thing that you want to do. And it really goes back to changing yourself, which is, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to take that sauce, you know, and to put it on and be like, (laughs) okay, I'm going to have to start to be more social. I, I just that's really the myself. whole essence of self-government anyway. Like if you're going to teach your kids anything worthwhile, you have to be striving for it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You really, really do. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about some of the social traps that people need to avoid. And then we'll talk about, um, a list of specific social skills that parents really should treat teach. So here's some social traps to avoid. We're just going to kind of go through these pretty quick. And in in no way are either of these lists completely like comprehensive. comprehensive. I mean, we could list for, we could take a whole hour and just list things. If you wanted to get into a whole bunch of different social scenarios, you could pick apart. Yeah. But we're just going to, we're just throwing out some, you know, broad guidelines, things that you want to avoid, and then things that you definitely want to teach. Okay. So number one, the traps that you want to avoid, and this is a social trap. Okay. Digital, digital stuff. No, the thing is, is people think of it as a separate thing from social. They think people are social, digital is digital. But then they say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to go on social media or I'm going to play this say, online what is game with friends. Media, then? <laughs> yeah. Or I'm going to play this online game with friends or whatever. Okay. So when you are digital, digital all the time, you don't even want to do things with real people. It ruins the it's love true. of real people. And so this is a massive social trap. Do not have your children do that. <laughs> that's it's um 
you know, and, and when I say don't have them do that, I mean, do not allow for an addiction to occur. Do not overly use digital things. Be prudent, right? Be prudent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another social trap, obsessions, obsessions. If your see, child, explain that one. yeah, I want to, because, because it's probably not something people think of. But children have a tendency to get into obsessions. Oh, you know, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, you know, or, or this video game, this video game. Oh, Minecraft, 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 Minecraft. Okay, so they get into these little obsessions, which makes them only know how to talk about one topic. Mm-hmm. Okay, this means they are not adaptable socially at all. And, and part of being social is to be able to adapt, okay, yeah. to what's going on around you. And so they can't adapt. They are basically just stuck in their own thing. They become very selfish actually in their communication because they, they think I can't have a good time. I can't get along with that person or um, unless it's about this topic that yeah. I'm engaged. No, in. I know Porter and Quinn both experienced moments like that where, you know, Porter was trying to connect with uh, the boys that were, you know, close to his age and all they could talk about was video games and he's like, mom, I'm struggling with this. And I know Quinn struggled yeah. with that too when he went away for a service trip. And he's like, all of these people can talk about are like girls and video games. And mom, I started college when I was 16. I have all of this knowledge that none of them understand and I can't relate to them. Yeah, well, and the thing is, is he had to, he had to learn how to keep encouraging proper social while they didn't know how to do it. And Mm -hmm. that was, and that was very difficult. And Porter, we had to say, okay, let's find people who can be social. I mean, he was like 10 or nine or 10 at the time. And I was like, yeah, we got to find new friends. Like these (laughs) people are not feeding what you really need. You want real friends, not people that just get together to talk about gaming. That's not real friends. They may have a similar interest, but there's not real social that's going on there. And it's very exclusive, Mm -hmm. clickish, and it makes you feel like later well if somebody doesn't talk about what I want then I'm not going to talk so that that's entitlement then right so this all goes into selfish communication and selfish communication is definitely one of those other traps when you just talk about yourself and what you like and what you want and what you then you actually have just one-sided social you're just entitled waiting to get out of social just something for yourself. No, there's one of my good friends, one of her roommates currently is a very selfish communicator and it gets on everyone's nerves really quickly. And it's, it's really interesting because she's this, this girl is 25 mm. and, but all she can talk about is, oh yeah, this about me or, oh, I did this and this today. Oh, this boy made this comment about my clothes. He must think this and this and this. And, you know, we, <laughs> a lot of times we just kind of don't listen because we're like, oh my gosh, there's nothing that we can really connect to this girl about except, hey, maybe, maybe just be quiet. (laughs) So it's attention seeking. Okay. This is another social trap that people actually think that in order to have good social, the, the, the sign of good social is that they get attention. That again goes back Which to entitlement. That's, that's entitlement. Okay. So if you are attention seeking in that way, trying to get somebody to tell you how amazing you are, or just talk about your life and everything, and you're doing that selfish communication, you wear people out. It's bad social skills. And it doesn't really, it doesn't really show that you care about anybody else. And so if you can't ask about anybody else or care about anybody else, people are done. They're done mm-hmm. with you. So, yeah. okay. So here's another trap. Um, Paige, what's another chat for us? Well, and this one is pretty rampant today. A lot of people tend to complain. That is a very bad social trap. 
Um, because when you complain, you're actually, that's again, you know, kind of tied into selfish communication because you're like, oh, woe is me. This situation in my life, you know, is not very fun. And, um, you know, or so-and-so is just awful, which means you're taking everything personally and it's not then encroaching upon your selfishness and upon your desires. Well, it starts drama. Okay. No, yeah. Yeah. And number two, though, actually, when you complain, it's another type of attention seeking and it's called negative attention seeking. And there's a lot of people that have what they call pity parties, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, this bad happened to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This bad happened to me too. Blah, 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 blah. Who can have a worse day? That is a (laughs) really bad trap to get into. You definitely want to avoid. And that ties with another trap is laziness. We. Oh, it totally does. Gossip is really bad. So backbiting, talking behind other people's backs, that one is a really bad social skill. And actually parents teach it. And so they've got to be very careful. Well, because people it. think that's communication. That's conversation. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. really you're being selfish by trying to compare negative experiences to see who has the better negative experience. Or you're trying to capitalize on someone else's unfortunate event or negative experience to create make yourself look good. Actually, yeah, yeah. to make yourself look better and have emotions tied mm-hmm. into your conversation. Totally, totally. Okay, so here's a few others, and then we got to get to the list of what to teach. So. <laughs> laziness actually so if you get into kind of like this lazy like i'm not in the mood i don't want to i don't want to go there i don't want to do you know well guess what that is a bad social skill so when you have good social skills you actually feel an element of duty toward other people that are around you you want to serve them care for them uh value them when you're in their presence and you even want to go and take the effort to spend time with them. So if you're lazy, again, everything goes back to all about yourself. Here's another one. That's all about yourself. Another trap. And that is being too self-conscious. Well, ah, I don't look good enough. I'm too this or that. I don't like this outfit. I can't So because, overthinking things a lot. Yeah. Just being way too self-conscious, like not thinking that you measure up enough or, you know, or maybe even that other people measure up enough. There's there, we get to another one, which is comparing with other people, right? <laughs> You know, uh, like if all of a sudden I'm always comparing with somebody else and that leads to the gossip, which we were talking Mm -hmm. about before as well. So these are all social traps we want to avoid, but there's a lot of good things. Yeah. And kind of through that list of social traps, I I hope you're coming up with some things because we, we did mention multiple things in that as we were going through that, that actually Mm -hmm. would be good things to teach, but we're going to add to that now. So Let's talk about some of the social skills that parents should teach, Paige. What kind of ideas do you have for us there? So one thing that I know a lot of people teach and has been taught for a while is you have to teach your children to ask questions and not just, you know, random questions, but good questions. Um, These are questions that are more than just yes or no questions, something that involves a really good answer. Um, But it also shows like when you do that, it shows that you're invested in that other person and you actually really want to have quality time with them and quality conversation with them. So, so I always told you guys when it was, especially when, when it was time to date, like you were getting the dating age. I said, if you want this person to go on another date with you, then make sure you ask them questions about them the majority of the night. And then you tell a few things about yourself too. But whenever people talk about themselves, they always have a good time. 
So that's just a part of human nature. And I told you that with friends too, I would say, well, if you want that friend to like you a lot more then make sure that instead of bragging or talking about yourself a lot, that you ask them questions about them. When you mm -hmm. invest the time in getting to know them, then they'll feel like they want to get to know you better too. Yeah. So asking questions, it's an art. It is a skill. It it's takes lots of practice. Yeah. It does take lots of practice. Absolutely. Well, so, and that leads into like something else that's, you know, a really good social skill is caring about making other people feel good. When you are asking good questions about other people, you know, you really do want to know, Hey, how are you? You know, how is life? How is this event that happened a few days ago? You know, you, you want to care about making those other people feel good. This is something that I love doing with my best friend, Catherine. Uh, she is, she's such a wonderful light in my life, but I, I love, you know, making her feel good. And so sometimes, you know, I will, um, on my way to visit her, maybe I'll swing by and pick up her favorite soda, you know, that I know that she loves. And I know, especially if she's been having a hard day, you know, so it's just caring about other people and their well-being is a humongous, mm -hmm. tremendous, good social skill. Well, especially keep in mind a lot of those social traps, in fact, the majority of them related to selfishness. So if you can train your children to care about other people and make other people feel good or help, help other people have what they need or the environment they need to be able to feel good or make good choices, then we're going completely a counter to the selfish that are going to be those social traps, which means that your children also need to. So here's another one, learn to love of giving service. So mm -hmm. if your family regularly reaches out to other people, asks how they're doing, cares about them, gives service to other people, then you're showing your children the recipe for a happy social life. So my children always saw me calling my parents and seeing how they were doing, checking in on neighbors. If I saw a neighbor outside, I would stop and, hey, how are you doing, neighbor? Spend some time there. My children saw that. So they understood that's what you do. You don't say, I don't have time for that. I got to get in the house. I I hope they don't look at me. I hope they don't talk to me. No, you, you always know? make time. Yeah, you have to do. It's a selfless thing to actually have good social skills. All right. So here's another one. This is a good uh, social skill to teach. And that is to have eye contact with people when this they're talking. One, this is one of the skills that Claire is really good at already. <laughs> she makes eye contact. Yes. Cause she's just looking so deeply. She probably mm -hmm. sees layers of you. You don't even know her there. So. I know I'm like, Oh, I'm exposed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She makes a really good eye contact. That's great. So all of in teaching self-government, we teach skills, right? We teach a lot of skills, like the four basic skills for children and adults. They all need these and the different <laughs> five different teaching styles and stuff. And, and all of these skills, these nine skills, they all involve having good eye contact contact. In fact, that's one of the first steps to all of those skills is to make sure you have good eye contact. And that's because the windows are the eyes to your soul. They you actually... mean the eyes are the windows to your soul? What did I say? You, it's okay. I said it wrong. <laughs> yes. Your eyes are the windows. The windows are the eyes to your soul. Did I say that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, silly me. Okay. Well, anyway, your eyes are the windows to your soul, which means that if you allow someone to look into your eyes and they get to see the real you, there's an honesty there. There's a vulnerability there. Oh, the ability for sure. to connect with somebody. So there's, there's this feeling of this is the real me. I care really about you. And, and, and it does take practice. There are some people that are so insecure they can't look at somebody in the eyes. And so just having a little practice with that, with interactions with mom and dad on a regular basis, that can go a long way for the confidence for another person. Yeah. And I know in a lot of your like three-day trainings, you actually have 
couples or people staring into each other's eyes for at least 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you, you can tell what? a lot of people are uncomfortable. Oh, they are. They are. But you know, in the end, they love what they saw. And, and I'll tell you something is some of them cannot handle the silence. 30 <laughs> seconds of silence looking in somebody else's eyes. They're like, ah, and they start talking or whatever. But you know, another good social skill is to be able to be quiet with a person, mm-hmm. to be able to be silent and be okay. That you, it, you can just appreciate that person, even if they don't have anything to say right then. That's still a really great social skill and it shows that you have patience. So if you can teach your children and yourself, if you can practice being patient while people think or in awkward situations, you can be patient and not feel like, oh no, it's failing. It's all falling <laughs> apart. I'm not, they don't like me. You know, stop reading too much into it. Just be patient. Yeah. And I think a, a big thing to add with that is you have to be able to handle the silence without digital distractions. Mm. Because when you have those digital distractions, then it's actually not really silence. You know, there's a lot of visual noise happening if mm-hmm. you try to fill silence or boredom, you know, with digital devices. So, in fact, some of my favorite moments are, you know, when I'm driving in the car with my husband and, you know, Claire's asleep in the back and, you know, we're just sitting there. You know, maybe his hand is on my leg while I'm driving and, you know, we're not talking, but we're just mm-hmm. there enjoying each other's company. And I love being able to do that, especially with, you know, good friends and just being able to enjoy that silence. Like I'm here with you. You're here with me. We don't have to talk. It's like comfortable. It's like, I can be comfortable with people. Yeah. That's what it is. And so even if somebody else is being awkward, you can be like, I'm comfortable. And you send this feeling of Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable. I'm okay. Don't worry. Take your time. Yeah. Think of what you have to say or don't say anything, but I'm still going to be here with you as a person, right? So this brings us to another thing, which is it is actually bad social skills to talk too much. So bad (laughs) news for extroverts, bad news. It is, we don't want to be talking too much or taking over all the silence. Yeah. Because I had to learn that one and I still have to work on that one sometimes. Oh, every extrovert has to work on it. Like perpetually. <laughs> I don't say hold back, hold back. Do yep. not comment in class again. Be done. You know, <laughs> like, not seriously. When you have to give yourself limits to how many times you can raise your hand in class. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure people can tell how extroverted we are. We interrupt each other all the time. <laughs> I know. Back and forth and back and forth. And, and it's because we can almost complete each other's thoughts, you know, and sentences. Yeah, it's because we have very you know, fluent thoughts and thinking. Yeah. And, and we, we were able to just talk, you know, back and forth, no matter what, oh, you yeah. know. but there was one person who said one time, Oh, you guys keep interrupting each other. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh darn, I don't know if we can fully stop that. We'll do the best we can. But yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen very much because we actually, when you have good conversations, like we do in these podcasts, which, you know, inevitably are, it's good social skills, what we, how we share in these podcasts, mm-hmm. then it's, it's just beautiful. And when you have thoughts you want to share. And so you're like, Hey, I got to make sure I get my thought in, you know, cause it relates before they keep going. And so (laughs) that resolves. Yeah. Keep going. Now we know, now we know what I always do. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about a couple of other uh, social skills here. So uh, and I'm, I think I'm just going to like kind of list these. I don't know if I can not talk about them. We'll see. Uh, what gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay. So, um, so here's another list uh, or another thing. Working hard. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. If you teach a person to work hard, then that makes it easier to step out of a comfort zone. Okay. So yeah. doing hard work with your children, teaching them to work hard, uh, good work ethic, important. Um, character development. There are so many things that go into good character development, like honesty and integrity and duty and loyalty and virtue and all of these things that go into good character development. You want to make sure that you look at character pieces and, and develop those in your children, help your children develop mm -hmm. those because if they get their character well-rounded, they will just naturally develop more patience. Well, and if you think about people. it, like there's so many movies that are based on this, you know, idea, you know, the movie starts out main character, maybe, you know, it's a girl from New York city who lives the high life and oh no, all of her money is gone. So she has to go live with a distant relative on a ranch, you know? And so she, every learns, Hallmark movie, ever right. <laughs> So she, she has to learn how to work and, you know, scoop the poop and, you know, take care of livestock. And did you just say scoop the poop on the podcast? Please. I did, but it's okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, but she learns all these things. And of course, you, know, you have to meet the handsome ranch hand who already has this character development and yeah. he's able to teach her, you know, those good social skills, how to work hard and how to not gossip and not complain, you know, all those things that are social. Like go of the drama, have yeah. patience. And, and so with then, the patience comes wisdom. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and then in the end, you know, this person, she's like, she's worked hard. She's gotten dirty, you know, and she's, her character has grown through working hard and she's learned about duty and learned about loyalty and she's overall a much better person, you know? Mm -hmm. So these, it's, it's a whole framework for how life should be. So many medias, media choices and media films and stuff like that are based off of those principles and those good social skills. Well, the good family-friendly inspiring ones. And it's true. Yeah. I mean, there might be some <laughs> others out there too in the other genres, but I'm not looking at those very often. All right. So let's talk about a couple of others here. So one really important one for me, and, and I've got to say, I've got a friend who just nails this and I have learned so much from her, keeping names safe honoring people's names that is a huge social skill so we're going to see people make mistakes around us but do we go and blab it to other people remember one of the traps is gossip right that's not keeping names safe so the opposite is okay well let's keep names safe then let's make sure that if something happens we can say you know um uh, yeah, I've seen somebody else do that before, or I do have a friend who has that problem or a friend noticed this or whatever, but not, not pointing out the person, not talking about the person in a bad way. And, and really part of this means that you've got to give the person the benefit of the doubt. So often we're just so quick sure. to judge, you know, which is such a trap, but if you really care about people, which really takes us back to the top of this list, but it, if you really are caring truly about people and serving other people, you're also going to say they're not done yet. They may have made a mistake. They may have been rude. They may have whatever, but you know what I do? I can think maybe they just got caught up in the moment and they didn't, and they didn't have a skill to use. Maybe they just don't know yeah. their skills. Maybe they don't know what they don't know, but they'll learn it. They're going well, to. And that's, that's really the element of trust. You have to trust that there is good in other people yeah everyone makes mistakes that is part of life but that doesn't mean you have to go and exploit those things and make mm -hmm. them you know the bold headline of everything that you're going to talk about so I mean you know we come across people all the time who they come to us for help you know and some situations are 
like, whoa, never would have thought that could even be a reality, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, we, we use those situations as examples, but we never, ever, you know, tell who it is. And it's, it's just, you know, that respect and that knowing that people can trust us with their sensitive information, mm-hmm. you know, with the hopes that we'll be able to give them help that they are looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So true, Paige. So true. And just, I mean, really parenting teaches you so much of this or it should, if you take it right. I think there's a lot of people that complain in their parenting and get entitled in their parenting. Oh, for um, sure. And that's a trap in and of itself. So if you can be grateful for what you have to do in your life, the service you get to give and render and then your children get to learn that too is really the service you get to receive. Yeah. And I mean, that's just such good social, such good show. Thank you for sharing that with us, Paige. So Paige, Claire has been in the background saying, Hey mom. I know. And, She's and in the other room with dad. <laughs> I, I know. And and see, I, I wasn't worried at all because I know Joseph is there just taking care of things, but I do love that Clara made a little spotlight on the podcast today. <laughs> I just love that little baby more than anything. She's so precious. And you know what? I know that you are going to be raising her socially in just in a very deliberate way. And it's very exciting to see how she will turn out and what kind of a a light that she brings to the whole world. She's already done that. So anyway, if you would like to find more, anybody who has listened to this about raising social children in an antisocial world, because we certainly have that today. There is so much information on teachingselfgovernment.com and you can go to teachingselfgovernment.com. There are so many resources there, especially the Teaching Self-Government Parenting course. It really helps you lay out all the skills and principles that you need to teach your family self-government. So check that out today at teachingselfgovernment.com and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.